Hi guys, welcome back to the Strong with Julie podcast. I am back with Nicole. She's been on the podcast before. If you guys haven't listened to that, I'll have her episode linked in the show notes. But how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's Friday when we're recording this and it's been definitely like a long week, but I feel productive. I feel like I got a lot done. How about you? Good week? This was a very long week. Uh, Very heavy with school and work and just life in general, but I'm excited that it's Friday and I get to sleep in tomorrow. So, true true nicole sometimes wakes up at three o'clock in the morning for work she just told me isn't that crazy that's like the middle of the night for me i'm like in the middle of rem i know yeah <laughs> tuesday through thursday i have to wake up at 3 a.m right now so it, it's a little rough i do go to bed at like 7 30 most days but no shame i still get my eight hours of sleep yeah that's good Perfect. Well, while we're on the topic, we always do highs and lows of the week, as you know. Let's start off with the lows so we can just get them out there, like get them out of our brain. We don't hold on to them anymore. And then we can go into our highs of the week. But my low is going to be the really bad period curves I had. So we were really supposed to record this on Monday, but I was... I felt like an angry human being with my PMS symptoms. And I was like, Nicole... I'm going to be completely honest right now. I don't like canceling meetings, but I am not myself right now. And I don't think this podcast will go well. If I have like an alt, my boyfriend and I named my like period person this morning and her name's Trish. So Trish. Yeah. Um, short for Patricia. No, no hate if your name's Patricia, but the reason we did that is because I get like sad and in Portuguese sad is triste. So Trish. That's like how it's spelled. Anyways, I'll stop talking. What's your low of the week? Well, first of all, my grandma's name is Patricia. Oh, no, it's not that bad. I love her to pieces. <laughs> I love your Honestly, grandma too. <laughs> my low for the week was definitely not being productive enough mm-hmm. or as productive as I wanted to be. I have I'm a grad student and I have we have mini masters, so we have some courses that go for eight weeks. Um, and some that go for 15. So my eight week courses, I have finals this week and next week. And I was like, I'm going to bang it all out this week. Literally did none of them. No. Why? Procrastination? That was definitely my low. Were you procrastinating a lot? No, honestly, other, I just did not prioritize it. Yeah, I didn't. I prioritized other things, which was definitely my fault. Eh, that's all right. Next week. You'll get them next week. Well, just start today. I don't like to say next week. You guys know that. Like, I'll start on Monday. No, just start doing it now. Use the Pomodoro method, the 25 minutes of work, five minutes off. That shit makes me productive. So yeah. that's definitely a hack. Wait, I'm going to throw one more low in. The fact that I bled through four pairs of pants. Yeah, TMI, but I don't know what's going on. I'm like bleeding through ultra tampons that's not good like i need to go to my gyno for sure it might be something with my iud but anyways that's my low and my high of the week is that i'm finally back into a really good gym routine and i think it's because of the gym progression series on my instagram like we're doing a four-week series where we start off with dumbbells and we do dumbbells and machines dumbbells smith machine and machines and then like barbells so every week we progress and I'm like doing it with everyone and it's nice to have like a goal like even if it's like a in four weeks a goal it like makes me 
have something to strive for because like after New Year's, Christmas, all that, I kind of was just like riding the wave and I don't like doing that. So that is my high. Good start of the week with that. I do have to say another low. I have okay. this super <laughs> right here and it hurts so bad. And it, I just want to walk around like this. Don't like touch it. Don't touch but it. I know, but I literally can't do anything about it. Like I can't put makeup on it. I can't do anything. It's just there. And so at least you have a pretty up. engagement ring. It's so cute. I'm finally starting to get into a routine with balancing. I know I just talked about not being productive enough, but this week I really feel like I can balance uh, like coaching, like app-wise, work, that all of everything that that entails, and then grad school, and then relationships too. I feel like I have a really good steady rhythm with that and just being able to turn things off if I don't get it done and just move on the next day. Whereas before, I could not do that before. I was a, I'm going to work until 1am kind of person and just burn myself out. So I definitely am not like that anymore. And I really feel like this week I finally got into the rhythm of everything. Turning off is a real superpower. You know, like I set boundaries for myself. My job's kind of similar to yours now that I'm doing full-time coaching, that it's on my own time. But it's like, even if you work for yourself, I have that boundary that after five o'clock, one, I know that I'm not my best self after five o'clock. I'm tired. I'm like wanting to sit on the couch, watch the Murdaugh murders. Okay. I did that last night. It was so fun. Um, But so I set that boundary with myself and I set it with other people. And I said, you know what? I don't take calls after five. If you want to meet before five, I'll talk to you before work, after work, like if you're in a different time zone, but that is my boundary. So definitely hold that because people, uh, I'm a people pleaser and I feel like you're the same way. Yes. It's really easy to let people walk all over you in that aspect and I'm not saying people are going to walk all over you, like, coaching, like, we have the best clients, like, do not, like, from Instagram, like, they're just, like, the best people ever, but it's, like, even if it's a nice person, you have to set that boundary, because, yeah. boundary yeah. is, like, my clock out for the day is when Kale gets home, yeah, but that's so cute. He's, been, he's been working, like, 16, 18 hour days, so some he sometimes he doesn't get home until like eight PM when I'm already sleeping. So it's been tough to my my turn off is like six PM because I'm in mountain time. So everyone needs to like everyone is two hours ahead of me. So sometimes mm-hmm. I have to do like later meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I've been able to turn it off at like six o'clock and kind of like do laundry, yeah. make dinner, do all that kind of thing. And not have like my usual clock out method. <laughs> so, That's yeah, it's tough, but those boundaries are super important. Yeah, for sure. Well, now do you want to transition over to our top 10 tips to overcome binge eating and restrictive habits? Yeah. Of do you want to tell them why we want to do this specifically this week? Oh, it's Needle Week this week. Mm-hmm. I had like a brain fart. You, I looked at you and I was like, oh no. <laughs> You're like, I don't know why, Julie. Why are you asking me that question right now? I can't go over that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this week is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And we want to really shed some light on some of the not too talked about eating disorders. So 
during this week. Uh, did you see what Nita has been doing, like with the lights and stuff on like the Empire State Building and everything like that? No, what's going on? Is it like on the news? I don't watch the news. No, it's, I saw it on Instagram, oh. but um, they're lighting up like different landmarks around the country yeah. of like the blue and green colors for Nita Week and stuff. I think that's incredible. That's so nice. Yeah, it's something that people just don't really talk about or it's really stigmatized. So yeah. it's important to kind of normalize it so that people feel comfortable to talk about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And to know that like we're at a point in life where like six years ago when I was going through it, it was so like weird. You know what I mean? And in, and I was in my head about it and no one really talked about it. And like even on social media platforms, it like wasn't really talked about. And I really like that now if you feel like you're going through something like that, you can look up on Instagram or TikTok like someone that's like been through it or like going through it. Like for example, I think of... um like my friend, if she like went through something, there's this girl Millie. Do you know her from Gymshark? Oh, and I like yeah. sent her her profile, and she like started watching all her videos. And it's like, I love that there's someone that you can connect with because obviously I didn't go through like that similar journey like that. So to know that you can like make these connections with people all around the world that went through something similar and like got out on the other side and like saw light is really cool. So. Anyways, that's why we want to talk about this this week. Before we jump into it, I thought it would be a good idea for us to give like a little sparks notes of what our journeys look like. Obviously, I have my whole fitness journey as a recorded podcast. I'll also put that in the show notes and Nicole's in, on the podcast as well. So just a quick overview of myself. When I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and I was a flyer, and I remember my freshman year is when the restrictions started happening because I heard, like, a comment from one of the girls saying that I was the heaviest flyer, and that switched something in my brain to completely change my relationship with my body, my mind, and with food, and your relationship with your mind, body, and food is something that you have forever, so it's something that you really need to take care of, and at that point, I was just really not taking care of it. I wasn't on the same team of either of those things and I was just like against them every single day so my disordered eating looked as restriction during the day and then a binge or eating a large quantity of food not and I wasn't like mentally there it was just like happening and I felt like it was an out-of-body experience and then the whole cycle again the next morning feeling guilty and repeating it uh, and that stuck around for about four years during high school and my body definitely changed I put on a quite a bit of weight ended up like not being a flyer my self-love really dwindled and I feel like in different aspects of my relationship like with my family I was like very snippy very mean like very defensive very sensitive And with friendships, I feel like a lot of my friendships were pretty rocky then too because, you know, like they want to go out, they want to go out to eat, they want to do this, and I don't want to eat in front of them because I don't want to like eat too much, eat too little. I was just like always food in the back of my mind. Um, And then relationships. I didn't really have any real relationships in high school, like with a guy. Um, Started my senior year seeing someone and then we dated for two years, but like during the time where my eating disorder was really prominent, it wasn't, 
it, I don't want to like sound like a hoe, but like, I was just like giving myself out like to whoever, you know, like, cause I didn't care. I just thought, you know, like my body is just here to like appease other people, like not myself. Like it doesn't matter like who I'm with, like whatever. I don't care, you know? So that's kind of what that looked like. And then I started seeing light when I started educating myself and I hired a coach talk to therapists, talk to friends. Um, And I think once I came to terms with that, I had something wrong with me that I couldn't fix. Um, And that what I was dealing with was fixable in the first place because I thought it was just going to last forever. Then I just started taking the right steps to get there. Um, But I wouldn't change it for the world because I think it made me a really strong person. And... Now my relationship with food, my mind, my body actually comes first to anything. Um, and it's like the most important thing to me. And I just like cherish it. And I want everyone to like have the same like good feeling with it as I do. So that's why I do what I do. Anyways, that's kind of long winded. If you want to hear the whole story, you can listen to that hour long podcast. Uh, but Nicole, if you want to go. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I feel like we both could talk about our journeys and our journeys together more than one time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And just the more you go through it, the more realizations that you have too, because I feel like even since our last episode, I've realized a lot of other things too, um, like similar to what you were talking about. And even as you were talking, I was like, wow, yeah, I relate to that too. And I don't even think I've talked about that. Yeah. my journey started probably in middle school, um, around like age 13, 14. I swam competitively. So similar to Julie, where your sport kind of, my sport, you wear like no clothing and Mm -hmm. everyone sees you same. And your weight is really shown when you're in no clothing. So I was one of like the bigger swimmers and my coach loved him dearly, but he was definitely old school. So he did talk about weight with like the female population on our team quite a bit. And he never said anything to me, but he always made comments that like the smaller you are, the faster you are. So I definitely started off with binge eating first and I would try to restrict during the day in middle school. And then I binge on random things at night. And I think as Julie was saying, that's that out-of-body experience that really makes it different from overeating. So I did that through middle school. And then in high school, um, swimming started to get a little bit more serious and coaching. Swimming got a little bit more serious too. And honestly, I got so busy that I would just restrict most of the time and then still binge at night. But then I met my cross trainer and coach and he kind of picked up early on about what I was doing and I was doing it very subconsciously too. And he tried to educate me a lot on the benefits of food and the benefits of, you know, fueling your body and you can be better if you're fueling properly. So I talked with him a lot. And then in college I swam and did ROTC and I got really addicted to getting better. It wasn't necessarily the addiction of food and exercise. It was just, I was noticing changes throughout the end of high school and early college, and I was getting smaller, faster, better at what I was doing. So I wasn't addicted to getting smaller. I was addicted to 
the process of becoming the best I could be. And with that, I developed orthorexia and um, binging kind of stopped. I'm not sure when it stopped, but it really just became the obsession about control and controlling what I ate, what I did. Um, And my relationships really suffered. Like I missed out on a lot of college experiences. I missed out on making friends in college. I missed out on going out and meeting new people. And I was really good at school, but everything else was really horrible. And it got to a point during COVID where I was just really unhealthy. I was severely underweight and my boyfriend, now husband, which is still That's so so weird to say. I'm trying to be Um, married. What? (laughs) I said I'm trying to be married. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. Maybe in like three years. Come on, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been together for now almost eight years. Yeah. So, but yeah, so during that time, he was super supportive in anything that I did. Like if I didn't want to go out, he would stay in with me. And I'm, I'm not blaming him, but I think him being so supportive kind of hurt like um, enabled you yeah and I don't I don't think he, he now looking back at it he really didn't understand like what was yeah. going on so it, it's not on him at all but mm-hmm. it was enabling because I was like no one really cares what I'm doing yeah and consciously I knew what I was doing but May, um, February 2021 I did Penn State's Dawn um so it's like a 48 hour dance marathon right and yep yeah so after that I went into like shock for a little bit like my body did because I was really underweight and I didn't feel properly during it I ignored like everything that they were advising and I actually was in the hospital and was diagnosed with rhabdo so after that my family started to like really get on me and my mm-hmm. my cross trainer coach from high school got on me and I was like no I'm fine like I'm doing really well um I was seeing a therapist at the time and I was treating myself like without people knowing because I knew something was wrong yeah and then in March I went to drill for the National Guard and when I came home Kale was like, I can't do it anymore. And he was like, you really need to go get help. And he's like, I'll take you wherever you need to go. But like, I can't do this anymore. And then that was the first, he's never told me no, like ever still. And just the fact that he brought up like ending something, I was like, oh no, it's really wrong. Um, I ended up having a big, uh, what's it called? Like when people... Outburst? I was basically ambushed by yeah. my parents and Kale. Oh, and my- a intervention. Yes, that's it, an intervention. So they staged an intervention on me, and um, it was probably the worst day of my life, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I was screaming. I totally was not myself. And looking back on it, like, Kale says it was, like, really traumatic for him just because I was saying things to him that he knows I wouldn't normally say. Yeah. And I said my parents that I normally wouldn't say and it, I know it wasn't me and then I went to an eating disorder facility for 47 days I was on a feeding tube for part of that because I was too underweight and when I got out I really struggled with binge eating again mm-hmm. 
But looking back on it, I, I kind of think it was just my body. Hungry. Um, get, yeah, I think I was just, I, I had to do it. It was something, almost like Millie G's story, where she just literally had to eat whatever in sight just to really get back to stabilization. Yeah. Um, and now, now it's been almost two years, like in 10 days, it'll be two years since I went to the hospital for the first time. Wow. Yeah. You've come really. a long way. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. That's my long-winded story. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Well, if you guys want to hear the rest of her story, it's, it like gives me chills every time that you talk about it. Cause like, I don't know, to see you like out on the other side and like to be able to like have conversations and talk to you and like hear you speak the way you do to yourself now and being like so confident and like now you're coaching girls it's just like it like makes me want to like cry happy tears anyways I won't cry let's get into our 10 tips (laughs) right because it's like you feel so I know like you feel so low like I'm up at 2 a.m. everyone's sleeping hiding in my kitchen eating whatever and hiding it like like throwing it in the trash and putting stuff over it so like people don't see it like like that's a low point and where you feel like you have to like hide it I don't want anyone to ever feel like that so I always say like my dms are open Nicole's are open if you guys like feel like you're going through something similar you don't know you're like maybe it's this I don't know like you can always reach out so you have someone in your corner and it doesn't have to be diagnosed. Like just because you have these habits doesn't mean that you have an eating disorder. It just means that you're going through a stage of your life with some disordered eating. You don't have to label yourself as someone with an eating disorder. And it mm. doesn't have to get to the point where you're hospitalized like me. Like I wish I would Don't let it get her. there. Yeah. Don't let it get I, there. Yeah, just someone to reach out to. Would be, like, if I would have met Julie before that, like, maybe it could have worked. Oh, but oh. <laughs> it doesn't have to get to that point. And yeah. even last year, oh, my gosh, last year on my birthday, I had, like, I would wake up from dreams, like, screaming because I was thinking that I was back in the hospital because mm-hmm. I didn't want that to happen again. Yeah. Um, because there are people, well, we'll get into it. Never mind. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Okay, okay. Do you want to start with the first one? Yeah. So the first one, like we were just talking about, is getting professional help. We, both of us are coaches and can help with personal training and um, nutrition coaching, but we're not professionals in this field. And there are people that are specialized in eating disorders, like therapists, um, different facilities that you can go to, PHP programs, which is partial hospital partial hospitalization programs, which are online. You can do them in your house. Like I went from the inpatient facility to then doing outpatient, which is similar to PHP. So the outpatient was five days a week on your computer. Um, Sometimes they have you go into the treatment facility again, just basically for schooling. And then after you do the partial hospitalization and that's all online and they just walk you through everything. And they're professionals in most places, like I said, are online. And some do take insurance, like the Renfrew, the one that I went to took, um, I was there for a little bit longer than my insurance covered, but 
for most of it. My insurance covered it because it was needed. So you you can find places like that. And a great resource for that is NIDA, the National Eating Disorder Association website. Um, I'm sure Julie will like all of it. Yeah, in the show notes. And the the reason we wanted to like start off with that is because the tips following are just things that helped us in our journey. But the main thing that truly helped was talking to a professional or just like talking to anyone. And that can start with just a friend DMing us or, you know, like your boyfriend, like talk to your boyfriend. And sometimes you just need that reality check. And when you make it known and you don't keep it a secret anymore, it's like, like you can take a breath. You know, like you can take a breath. It's the hardest thing, but it's the first thing. And that's why that's also our first tip. Yeah. Yeah. But I I met people at the facility that were there three, four, five times. Um, They just didn't, they didn't ask for help in time. And they're there for multiple times because they didn't ask for help a second time. And like Julie was saying in her intro this is something that you have to do every single day you have to eat every day food is part of your life every single day so it's not something that you can use abstinence with you you have to do it so it is it is hard to overcome it if you have some disordered habits with it yeah but you can do it we believe in you yeah 100%. Okay, so tip number two is thinking about what you can add to your meals and snacks instead of taking away. So we know that when we build a plate, you guys have listened to my Nutrition 101 episode, we want a protein, a fat, a carb, a micro. So we're building all of those meals. So instead of having that mindset mindset of lack of, okay, what do I need to take out of my diet in order to reach X goal that you may have in your mind, number one, scratch any like body looking goal that you have because your fitness journey should be much deeper than that should be to live a long healthy life play with your grandbabies all those things I always say that um but yeah so when you're building your plate instead of thinking okay I don't want carbs no rice like no mashed potatoes like instead of thinking about that think about okay I need to add these certain things and you can there's no limit there's no good there's no bad there's no labeling it's just I need protein fat carb micro and then you get like a full satiating plate where you may not be full in a few hours, whereas if you were to just like limit yourself on like just having chicken and a micro, you're missing those other aspects. So try to tick all the boxes there. And another thing I wanted to just add to this is I think when it comes to meals, you want three, like if you're going through this right now, if you find yourself binging at night, you want a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, and then I challenge you to every single day have a snack that is a serving size of the like fear food that you have, for example. So for me, like donuts, Oreos, like uh, what else? Carbs, like pizza or something. Like, for example, if I was going through this now, I would have like um, breakfast, lunch, dinner. That was my protein, carb and fat. And then like for the snack, I would have like one serving of that like fear food. So every single day I'm introducing it and I'm not fearing it like I'm actually like looking forward to it and I'm having it and then once you eat that I like to use the like relocation method so it's like you eat it but you don't just like sit there after you eat like you go into another room you like go do something else try to like get your mind elsewhere and I think that could be really 
a helpful, tangible tip if you're someone that struggles with like, I'm eating, but then I'm hungry right after, you know? The other thing too, when I was first going through this, I was afraid to be full. Like the uh-huh. feeling of full was super intimidating. But one thing that helped was thinking about if I had a meal that made me full, I was less likely to eat again in like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So if you have, like you were saying, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that makes you full and satiated, you're less likely to mindlessly snack throughout the day. So it'll help you in the long run. And you're not mindlessly doing things mm-hmm. so building your plate and having that really balanced meal will help alleviate any sense or, or urge to binge in the future yeah it's intentional and you're literally giving yourself permission to eat the food you're afraid i'm doing like you know quotes on my hands to eat um so i think that's really big and then again like after the meals relocating get your mind somewhere else is really important so that is tip number two Tip number three is meal prepping. So it takes a lot of time, energy, but you have to be super intentional about it because if you have the food in the fridge ready for you, there's no excuse not to eat it. And I don't think it takes a lot of time. Do you? I just hate, honestly, I just hate cleaning up. Oh my God. Dishes in me, I will let the dishes freaking stack up. My friend's laughing at me right now, my roommate. Because I hate dishes. Like, ew. I just don't want to touch them. Maybe I need gloves. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so I think that's why I don't like it is because uh, if you're making, yeah. yeah, if you're making something, it usually takes a lot of dishes. Um, but uh, for me, I look at it from a financial aspect too. It's like I'm spending money on this it. food. And if I'm going to cook it, I'm not going to let it go to waste in the fridge. So... One thing that I did in the beginning was I I prepped breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It is so time-consuming when you do all three. But if you don't eat it, you'll have, like, five stacks of breakfasts in your fridge. And you're like, oh, I guess I should eat that. And it's something that has what we were talking about in tip number two, a protein, a fat, and a carb in that meal that you prepped. So it will keep you satiated. And then, like Julie was saying, you can add those snacks in that you want in um, your portion sizes and just being mindful of that. But the meal prepping, it, it ends up saving time in the future because if you're busy, like we all are, we're all super busy and you come home from work and it's six o'clock and you're like, I'm starving. You're less likely to binge if you have your dinner meal prepped than if you have to go yeah. and have to cook it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's like setting up your future self for success. Like on a Sunday, I'm refreshed from the weekend. I feel good. I just grocery shopped. Like let me, when I'm in this like good mindset state, make this meal prep, like make my foods for the week and set my like Wednesday kind of burnt out, like really tired, hangry self up for success. Cause I know that Julie's not going to make the best decisions, but like Sunday, Julie, like relax and chill in. Like she's going to do good for her girl on Wednesday, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So meal prepping. And then four is if you are craving something really badly, don't try to mask that craving with other foods. So I used to do this all the time. Like if I'm craving, like we used to have Oreos like in my house. I was just talking about how I was like afraid of Oreos. Um, so we used to have Oreos and I like would 
really crave like one Oreo, which isn't even that many calories. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's just an Oreo. You know what I mean? And instead of eating the Oreo, I'd be like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have like an egg. Like I literally like scramble one egg and eat it. Like it was the saddest thing ever. And then I was like, okay, that didn't really help. Like, let me have like one scoop of peanut butter. So I like would do that. Cause like peanut butter is healthy and high protein, like in my head. Okay. So that didn't really help. Like, let me just like keep having scoops of peanut butter. Okay. But I really want this Oreo. Let me have like a cheese stick. Cause cheese stick has like protein in it. And I'm like eating all these things and just like not stopping, like going around the actual craving And then at the end of the day, I, like, feel so, like, helpless. And I'm like, well, I already ate all that. I might as well just have the Oreo. And then I eat the Oreo. But do you see where, like, instead of going around that vicious cycle, like, if you just have the one thing, like, it's okay, you know? You end up, like, if your goal is to build muscle, lose body fat, you end up eating more if you just go around the craving, you know? Whereas you just listed off, like, five things that you would have, instead of the oreo and like you said one oreo is really it's like it, it's, it's, it's okay nothing. yeah so if you would have just eaten one oreo you could have saved all that other like all those other calories macros everything for a whole other meal plus yeah. an oreo plus so oreo. yep and the whole mindset of all or nothing like oh i already ate all of that i might as well just have it like 10 oreos as opposed to just having one. And I think the relocation method of what you're talking about, where it's like you have one Oreo, then move. Yeah. You have that wing, then go. Go for a walk, call a friend, call your mom. You don't have to tell her how you're feeling. You can just be like, hey, mom, like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's all you have to do. Like, call someone, start drawing, put a show on. Like, yeah, the relocation really helped that, me for sure. That plays into number five of having a support system. Mm-hmm. So, like I was talking about in my journey, my support system kind of enabled me in the beginning. But once I opened up and explained the behavior and like the mindset of everything, they were kind of able to keep me in check. And afterwards, having a support system after just to keep you busy and take your mind off of it was super helpful. And one thing that has helped me so much was it's something so simple and so stupid when you think about it, but it helps a lot was having an SOS signal. I like this. Yeah. When I was in treatment, one of my therapists was like, why don't you have an emoji that you text kill and you don't have to explain anything. It's, I think the most intimidating piece about asking for help. It's it's, Yeah, and it's embarrassing to be like, I have an urge to binge. Nobody wants to say that. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my text SOS signal is the pineapple emoji. I love so, that. And we even use it now for, like, <laughs> we went home for Christmas, and we were in, like, a super uncomfortable situation. So oh. I, like, grabbed my phone, and I texted him, pineapple. And he said to, like, one of my uncles, he was like, all right, we're going to leave now. And I was like, you so I didn't have to say that I was uncomfortable in the situation I just texted the pineapple and yeah. left so it's the same thing like if you're having like a super stressful day and you don't even want to say what like what is going on you don't want to vent or anything you just need to like move or do something different is sending an emoji and some of my clients use like 
the robot emoji and like the eyeball emoji and like super random ones and they just need to reach out for help but don't want to say I want to binge yeah I like that no that's super helpful I think having I used to have that with my mom like (laughs) literally when I was little and I was if a friend was over and I was like, okay, I'm done with this friend. Like I want her to go home. Or if like someone, I remember like my cousins would ask to sleep over. And if I like did it, like they would straight up ask my parents if they could sleep over. If I didn't want them to, I'd be like, are we having mac and cheese tonight? And my mom would know. And she'd be like, we cannot have sleepovers. Like, or she'll, I'll be like, are we having mac and cheese tonight? Like at my friend's house and I'm ready for her to pick me up. And she'd be like yelling on the phone. You didn't clean your room. Like fake yelling. <laughs> like best decision ever and I think this works perfectly here too so and it goes back to the same thing of like meal prepping at your best self for your Wednesday self like you you have that conversation with your partner about what that emoji means like when you're in a good place and then yeah for me was I I was afraid at first to text him because I didn't want him to bring up the whole like binge eating I kind of just I wanted him to know what I was thinking internally, but I didn't want to act on it externally. Mm-hmm. So just texting the pineapple emoji, we would go to Target. We would go do something else. Like Sounds like a dream. Yeah, we wouldn't talk about the, we wouldn't be like, okay, let's sit down and let's talk about binge eating. No. No, let's, we don't want that. We just want to be, um, like shift your mindset. And that triggers you to shift your mindset. So just honest with who you're texting it to, whether it's your coach, whether it's your significant other, a friend, just be like, just distract me. Do not bring it up because that will make it worse. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Okay. The next one we kind of touched on is just like eating regularly and not starving yourself all day and then being so ravenous at night. So for me, when I was going through everything in high school I remember during the day I would have these slim fast shakes for breakfast lunch and dinner and like I grew up and saw my mom drinking those because that's just like what her generation knew to lose weight like we just do like meal replacement shakes so they had it in the cat my mom had it in the cabinet I started buying my own and I would just have that during the day but each shake by itself I would put it in water is maybe 100 calories at most so I'm having 300 calories for the whole entire day I'm going to cheer practice I'm using all my brain power during the day like I'm coming home at night like so fucking hungry like and I could not control myself so anyways do eat regularly do not have meal replacement shakes you do not need a meal replacement shakes you guys know I love my protein shake but my protein shake is like my like eight sixth meal of the day I think it's not even a meal it's like my post-workout protein shake and then like 30 minutes after I like actually have a meal you know yeah so be smart about it also plays into meal prepping too because if you have the meal preps ready there's really no excuse not to eat because it's right here all you have you can even do it I eat in my car I don't recommend it Mm -hmm. but you can eat on the go you can eat while you're in a meeting you can you you have it to your disposal so use it yeah and that sets you up for later in the day as well agreed so the next one it it's kind of controversial but having single servings but knowing that it's okay to have more so I think for this one too though it was like having the single serving like packet packages like in your house so if you want to like go into that too oh 
like what Julie was saying earlier with Oreos, if you have, they make like the mini packs yeah. of Oreos you can get. So if you have the single portion mini packs of Oreos and you know that that's a fear food for you, it's very intimidating to have a full pack. So let's just use Oreos. So it's intimidating to have a full pack of Oreos because you can take the full pack, you can sit on the couch and you can mindlessly consume the whole thing very easily. Yeah. Or you can have the single portions, sit down and be mindful about what you're eating. And if you want another, think about it, like think about your hunger levels and then you can have another, but it's not as tempting to go through the entire pack if they're individually wrapped. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with anything. So if you like peanut butter is also a really big fear food um, among like people. Yeah. So ha- like pre-portioned packs of peanut butter and not having the whole jar or ice cream, having single portions of ice cream in your house. And just be mindful that it's okay to have more than one serving, but it's better than have eating right out of the container or just putting a serving in a bowl because they're in packages. So it's you're less likely to go through six or seven packages if you than if you have a full pack in front of you. Yeah, because it's not just scooping. It's like opening it up and it like takes a second so you like yeah. have more time to think. And I'm going to be like completely honest with you guys right now. Like peanut butter is something that you guys see I have every single day, but it's like definitely the one food that's still like has a little bit of control over me I would say like I go through phases of my fitness journey where I don't track at all like you know that like if I'm like okay I want to put on some muscle like I'll start tracking like in a little bit of a surplus and and like I'm very lenient with it like uh if I want to like do a little cut and I think my relationship with food is really good in that point and like I won't even like use a scale or anything when I'm in those phases but peanut butter is like that one thing that I think I mean, I'm going to say it, like, I still need to work on, like, even when I'm in those phases, I still don't feel comfortable just, like, eating it without, like, measuring it, you know? Yeah, I think mine would have to be, like, Oreos or chips or, like, crackers and stuff. Like, like counting it? Like, yeah, like, chips and crackers. I, like, don't really, yeah. It's, it's something that I do, like, so I have celiac disease, so I use, like, Simple Mills mm-hmm. a lot. They make, like, individual packages, um, like, little – they look like little kid packages like, that so you cute. put in, like, your kids' lunches. Yeah. And I still have those in the house. And honestly, like, a couple weeks ago, Kale brought home a full pack of gluten-free Oreos home, and I was like, I, I can't have these, like, in the house. Like, I'm not comfortable having them in the house. Yeah. So what we did was we put them in, like, serving sizes in, like, little Ziploc baggies. Oh. And then I, we put them in the back of the cabinet. So, like, every time I opened the cabinet, they weren't staring at me. Yeah. But I knew they were there subconsciously. And if I really wanted it, or I only ate them with him. Like, mm-hmm. we could do it together. So... I mean, we both obviously still struggle with some of those things, yeah. um, but there's ways around it and it goes back to just being cognizant of it. Like mm-hmm. Julie, you're still cognizant that peanut butter is still like one of those yeah. kind of foods. Um, so it's being cognizant of it and knowing the steps that you can take to prevent anything. Yeah, from I agree. Yeah, it's about being mindful because having those out-of-body experiences are no fun. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Number eight is reading books and listening to podcasts or looking up like different people on social media. If you're too afraid to like do it in person to like talk to someone, like m- maybe a one step could be just reassuring yourself that you're not alone because there are things like the life without Edie. Is that the book that you're talking about? Yeah. So my, there's actually two. So my therapist recommended it to me before I went to treatment so when I was seeing like a registered dietitian and stuff before I went to treatment they told me to read that book Mm -hmm. just to know that I'm not alone um and then actually so Kayla ended up reading it and my dad ended up reading it too just so that they could understand like kind of my brain and how it works around food because my dad love him dearly but he's the first time he called me when I was in treatment he said to me, how's the food, kiddo? Oh, my God. It's just their generation. They're so unaware. Like, it's so good. Everyone cries over it. Because food. everyone cried at meals, you know, because it was hard. And he didn't understand it until my sister was on the phone and was like, Dad, you can't say that to her. <laughs> but it really just sheds a light on, um, like, what you're thinking about. And it really makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah, I love that. Perfect. Do you want to go to? Yeah. So the next one. Oh, wait. Sorry. Guys, I'm messing up the Brain Over Binge podcast. You guys have to listen to it. I won't touch too much on that because I talked about it a lot in the last podcast. But Brain Over Binge, great podcast. Start from episode one. Don't jump around it because they're kind of sequential. But that really helped me. Yeah, that it also kind of plays into like what we're talking about now, like tips and tricks to help you. Mm -hmm. So it is a good one to kind of go off of like what we're talking about too yeah and then the next one is trying to get your mind to go somewhere else going for a walk didn't really help me because I'd go for a walk and then I'd be more hungry because I just went for a walk mm-hmm. and then I'm more likely to binge but I think it helped me later on like once I got over the uh, weight restoration for me I think it helped because it just distracted me. Um, so just finding something that distracts yourself, uh, going and walking around Target, uh, going outside, playing with a dog, you know? Like just doing something where you're not actively thinking about food. But if you're still in like that weight restoration stage, um, maybe calling your support system could help or doing the emoji text and being like, I just need to do something else and Mm -hmm. get my mind off of it. But just so that you're not continuously thinking about food and what you're doing. Yeah, I love that. Good. Uh, Number 10 is going to be educating yourself on nutrition. So getting a coach. um, Once This is kind of like once you're past steps one through nine, though. Um, So if you get a coach that can teach you about Something like a little, I feel like the therapist and people that are working in some of those facilities, they obviously know a lot about food, a lot about nutrition. But if you're at that point where you're following either of us, you know, you might be a girly that like wants to build some muscle, you know, wants to like hit some uh, one rep maxes or like hit some PRs in the gym. So if you are interested in that and you feel like you're in a good place and you want to do like have continued support after your journey, I think getting a coach is a really good thing. Um, 
and then just like educating yourself around the nutrition of it too and being open with your coach about what you've been through that's also really big like whenever I've had a coach in the past I told them like listen you can't put me on really low calories and you can't be too strict with me because I have all of this like history with food like I'm trying to build some muscle I'm trying to like you know treat this as like I'm an athlete but we need to just be careful in getting there. And that also plays a role in like before you actually hire the coach, like you kind of have to like interview them and make sure it's a good fit. Yeah, I completely agree. I think education helps a lot too, of just knowing what you're putting into your body and how it's affecting you. And the, like just knowing the facts about restriction of what it can do to you, knowing the facts about overeating, what it can do to you and all of that kind of thing. And, um, it's okay to want to put on muscle and lose body fat. Like you can still do that in the future. Once you overcome um, these disordered eating habits, because if you're, we talked about this earlier, but if you're so focused on like what your body looks like, it's going to stop you from being able to look at it from more of a scientific aspect of, okay, this is what calories in calories out means. And this is how it is. If you're still so focused on food itself, but just educate yourself is the huge advice. I definitely agree. And I hope that these tips were helpful. Um, I did want to just like help people like not feel alone that like the biggest fear in most people when they're seeking like help is that feeling of shame and embarrassment. But there's no reason to feel that because right now I think the statistic is like 30% of women are like struggling with something like that. Is it 30? It's 30 or 30 with anorexia. I'll pull it up. 50% with binge eating disorder. Yeah. And it's a very high statistic. And a lot of it just has to come from the way you're brought up too. Um, And like we talked about coaches, we Mm. talked about parents and stuff like that. And it's, it's not that they didn't foster a healthy environment, but it's it's hard for someone that doesn't struggle with food to not hear those things. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing is, like, you want to be the change, you know? Like, for me, like, I want to be the change. I want to, like, stop this. One in three people with an eating disorder consider taking their lives, and I want that stat to be not that, like, high ever like I don't want that to be a thing and I think that since we've like been through this a part of my purpose a part of like what drives me every single day is to like make sure that people know that what they're going through is not something that they're alone with and that like they can see the light so that's why we wanted to do this podcast and I hope that those 10 tips were helpful yeah and like Julie said earlier reach out both of our dms are always open and Um, any resources that you need we're here to give those to you for sure well let's end this on a positive note i don't mean to like change things so drastically but do you have a favorite thing of the week my favorite thing of the week oh um do you want me to go first yeah okay okay my favorite thing of the week is going to be the telescopic mascara in the Ilya blush. I'm cheating because I'm doing two things, but I want to end on a positive note, okay? So I'm talking makeup, okay? Makeup. We're doing our makeup right now. Telescopic mascara is like that really thin brush, 
and it's from yeah. the drugstore. It's like ten dollars. Amazing. I highly recommend. Get the the color is called blackest black noir. It's yeah. so good. And then the Ilia, it's like for your cheeks and your lips. So like go whoop whoop, and then my lips. And that's literally what I'll wear for makeup: sunscreen, blush, mascara. Boom. That's all you need. Oh my goodness. So uh, fun fact, I use the L'Oreal mascara and I've literally used it since middle school. You, it's a white one. So you put the white on first and then you put the black on and then in the shower, all you have to do is like, go like this, like pull your eyelashes, doesn't pull your eyelashes off, but you don't have to use makeup remover. Wait, what is it called? Sorry. Uh, It's L'Oreal Duel or something like that. It's red and white. Oh my God. I'm going to go find that at Publix. <laughs> yeah, it's super cheap. Um, and my roommate from college actually used it too. And it was perfect for swimming because it doesn't come off unless you pull it off. So mm-hmm. you could wear it at practice and like not have like raccoon eyes rolling down you. I love um, that. My favorite thing of the week is actually not going to be a tangible thing. Well, mm-hmm. I have two. Um, my water bottle, I've actually forgot that water existed I just have a Yeti water bottle, yeah. but I do really well with like not big tops. Mm-hmm. Also, I have Stanley too, and I love my Stanley, but I can't use that a lot because I throw this in my gym bag, and I, you can't throw your Stanley in the gym bag. No, you just can't. It'll like spill everywhere. It's a mess. It happened to me. Yeah, so <laughs> I like this one because it's a small top, Yeah. so I can you know, chug it, and then I can also just throw it in my bag, and then my second one... It's just the weather. The weather has been, like, the sun, I can feel the sun again, and I feel revitalized because, oh, I just, I need, I need to live where you live, honestly. Come move to Florida. Florida life is awesome. It's, like, 80 degrees and sunny right now. Like, what? And it's March. Kale's brother lives in St. Pete, and I know you particularly. That's so. When you ever go to visit him, I'll be living there. So we're gonna hang out. When are you moving? Uh, August. Uh, we're going in July. Well, I could make a trip in July. It's only okay. two hours from me. This is wonderful. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna hang that's out. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite thing too. Well, I hope you have the best weekend ever. I hope you guys got something from that podcast. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, you know you can always reach out to both of us. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.